Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? And you're listening to the FCS Football Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe DeLeon, joined by my wonderful friend, the Mr. Sean Anderson, giving you, I'm cutting you off, giving you in-depth, accurate, and high-quality analysis on FCS football, your best source for FCS analysis. No, There should be nowhere else where you're getting that information from. Sean and I are in our bye week and two days in, and we're already enjoying it. What are you giggling at? I'm Joe DeLeon, and I'm in a really big rush right now because I'm afraid that I'm going to get kicked out of the recording studio. <laughs> so I'm going to yell at Sean while he's doing all the math for the pick'em, and this is what we're going to do. And oh, I'm going to start the show off fast, and this is what we're going to do no. today. FCS football, week two and three recap. I hate you. <laughs> you see how fast my intro was compared to how fast your intro was? Yeah, but because you were making just fun let, of me. Just let me do the intro for you from now on. No, you're going to do an impression of yeah, me Yeah, just every a, time? an impression of you. It'll be a different voice as every time. As long as I get to do the impression for the, the, the preview show. Come never in, what? I don't, never mind. It went right over my head. When we get, never mind. So today we're doing things very differently, as you might be wondering. It's a Tuesday and you're hearing our voices. I know it's a little too soon. I, 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 you might not have been mentally prepared to hear our voices today on, on Tuesday. But today we're giving you... A recap show of the past week, week two of FCS action, and then on Thursday you can catch our next episode, which is going to be previewing week three and everything that you need to know. So if you recall from last episode, Sean alluded to the fact that we are going to be trying to rename these segments, and we wanted some insight and some input from our listeners. Now, Sean, how much insight and input did we get from our listeners? We got zero insight, zero input, and we named a segment after a listener. (laughs) You'll get that segment on the Thursday show. All right. But every one of these segment names had become the brainchilds from me and DeLeon. That's what they are. I'm going to give a lot of the credit to Sean, but these are we're, we're sticking this thing up. Like I don't as wa- cliche as possible. We're just going to name them. We're not going to describe them. If you have questions about them, you're not no, going to ask I'm anyways. Gonna don't, don't it. Describe I'm going to no, no, describe no. it. We're just it's gonna, my job. We're going to play it. No, no, no. It'll be fine. I'm going to describe it. You're going to describe everyone. I'm not going to go into well, full don't, detail. Don't give the full detail of why they're named that way. Okay. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, no, they, I'm, oh, you know, I, I don't, don't even just, know why some of these are named the way that they're they, named. I'm just going to say what it is. I, I tell you. Segment number three should not be named what it's named. I want it named what I have. Oh, you never you never changed it. Oh, okay. Let me change it real quick. You can go ahead and change it. You started up. So first segment is now called the water cooler. The news headlines, the big ones, the the ones that you need to be talking about when you're around the water cooler, saying like, "Hey, did you hear about this? Did you see that that happened?" So you have those talking points when you're talking with your buddies at the water cooler at work i'm not using that title i'm not using that title we're gonna get to that in a second but the first thing though sean and i'm gonna use the phrase from last week is the fact that we need to talk about some things at the water cooler we need to talk about the fact that wagner and everyone was hyping up the fact that they almost beat uconn they were so close including the uh the fcs football (laughs) twitter that 
accidentally <laughs> tweeted out the fact that they won. Just jumping the gun. Which is just... <laughs> did, did you also see... I don't mean to cut off my point, but did you also see that they managed to tweet out that uh, Southern South Florida was an FCS team? They tweeted content from them, and I, I, I just need to know... What intern did you hire? And you need you need to do more of a screening process when you're hiring interns or on your social media. That's all I have to say about that. I tell you, I still get confused a little bit between the Western and the Eastern and the the, the Illinois and the all that and the Midwest schools. Sometimes I get confused. And I have to make sure that they're an FCS team. I just have to make sure because it's 126 teams. Had to learn them fast. If I'm gonna tweet something out, I'm gonna be sure about it. So whatever, Rube was tweeting that stuff out makes our division look bad. <laughs> but going back to Wagner, though, we need to talk about the fact that they almost beat UConn, and then immediately the week after, they lost to a lower division team, East Strasburg. I don't even know what division that is because, frankly, I don't care because that's just that just looks bad. That looks bad. How can you go out and perform the way that you did in week one and then flip things immediately to losing to a, a I think they're a division three team I have two things I think it's either they were really prepared because they had the extra weeks in camp to prepare for UConn so they were overly prepared for UConn they knew what they were going to do they were really prepared and they might not have had that much East uh, preparation for East Strasburg and also I'd like to allude to the um, the idea that the team develops most between week one and week two and I guess after Wagner almost beat UConn, I just think that after Wagner almost beat UConn, they thought, "Oh, we're pretty good," and they didn't. They didn't want to. They didn't keep moving forward if they're going to lose to East Strasburg. So that goes right into our other point that we need to talk about, Sean. Because if you didn't notice, they weren't the other, only team to win to uh, to lose to a lower division team this past weekend. There were five. I don't think there's been that many in a long time. There were five teams that signed up for these games, intentionally scheduled them to get a very easy win in, on their schedule, and they couldn't even get a victory in these situations. We had Robert Morris, Morris Drake, Stephen F. Austin, Wagner, and Northwestern State all losing to Division II or lower programs. That's a bad look. That's pathetic. It's a bad look because we are FCS programs are notoriously not underfunded, but they have – a, a big l- lack of funding. So if you're going to spend some of that money on a warm-up game, you got to go out and, and win that game. You just have to. I, the, the perfect point is that if you're going to be doing that, you might as well just schedule an FCS game. Just be normal. Don't do that and go down a division and actually challenge yourself instead of looking Underprepared against a lower right, level team, right? And these aren't even great programs. Not all. I, I don't know in full length about them, or Division Two or Division Three. But these are not big name Division Two or Three programs. I know that for a fact. What's our sounder? I thought we agreed that we were going to have a sounder. For this uh, we next were just going to do an air horn, but you didn't bring the air horn. You're the air horn guy. I need. Okay, so this is one of the things we need in post. We need a little a sounder right here. I'm not going to put one. <laughs> and we have another FCS over FBS upset. Southern Illinois, the Salukis, walloped, Jody Loan's words, UMass 45-20 to 20 
you this can't, past week. You can't week. just use the good word I gave you. They wow up them. No, they they really did. What the hell them. is a Saluki? It's a dog. It's a dog. It's a racing dog. It's a racing dog. Yes, yeah, like a greyhound. Oof. I I know what their mascot looks like. I just didn't know that's what a Saluki was. Yep. Interesting. It's a great mascot, and it's a great look seeing Southern Illinois take down UMass. It just just makes me happy. Talk about a team. We were just talking about how these FCS teams were struggling to to beat lower level opponents, but UMass is just looking below fieldable at this point. The fact that they moved up from FCS to FBS and now they can't even beat these FCS opponents really looks bad on their part, but we're going to keep touting our horns and, and, and making noise about the fact that Southern Illinois was able to not just beat them, but completely dominate them for over a 20-point victory. So we do have a horn. Uh, yeah, we have a horn. I'm going to find a really obnoxious one. That's fine. All right. That's just fine with some, me. We need a sounder that we can consistently use for FCS over FBS. That's fair. Yep. So our next segment is games that save our jobs. Um, Sean named this one, and it is the games that were the most important ones that stuck out to us and the ones that really drew our attention and should have drawn your attention as well. And particularly, these both of these games are for the outcomes of them and what happened on the very final few minutes that caused these games to finish. So the first one, Sean was Holy Cross, I consider this to be an upset, upsetting New Hampshire. It's an upset. 13-10. New Hampshire, if you recall, is without their head coach because of a medical leave of absence, which we spoke about last week. And in this game, it was very, very slow, as you can assume, considering it was so low scoring. It didn't really reach its peak of excitement until the very, very end where Holy Cross was marching down the field, chipping away, chipping away, getting themselves into position to score, could not punch it in in the red zone. Fourth down comes. A ball is thrown. A receiver extends for the goal line and is stopped on the two-yard line. Very similar to, I forget which Super Bowl it was, but it was Titans-Rams um, where they were stopped at the two-yard line in a final attempt to win the game. I want to say Kevin Dyson, but I, Kevin Dyson's the Music City Miracle guy. Yeah, I don't, um, I'm not entirely sure. Whoever said linebacker was that stopped Derek Mason. Yes. It, that's the receiver that caught the ball for the Titans? Yes, I'm pretty yes. sure. At the two-yard line, or one-yard line, giving Dick Vermeil his Super Bowl. It was very similar to that play. Very similar, and you would have assumed that the game would have been over after that. Two minutes left, you have the ball on the two-yard line, you're UNH, and you're just trying to kill this clock out. All you need to do is run the ball a couple of times. This game's over. Well, on the ensuing play, from the two-yard line, they hand the ball off, and it is immediately fumbled before any ground can be gained. Ball bounces around towards the back of the end zone. Holy Cross comes screaming in, picks the thing, or just lands on top of it. And that was the final score of the game. No real strong attempt to make a two-minute drill at that point from UNH as they made a final Hail Mary toss at midfield. So, Sean, I, I want to ask you this, though. Do you think the execution was just not there? Do you, do you think there was a, a lack of uh, intent to get that to get the ball across the line of scrimmage? I don't like that first question. Uh, but Sorry. first, I would like to say I very much enjoyed the uh, Holy Cross call of that play when the announcers just started yelling, "Jump on it! Jump on it! <laughs> Touchdown!" You can tell 
You can tell that the color commentator probably played for Holy Cross at some point. I like point. that very much. That he was just like like if I was in the booth and it balls on the ground, ball. <laughs> <laughs> the the play by plays over here. Like, what are you doing? Like, who hired this guy? Right. <laughs> just the etiquette. I like when the etiquette of broadcasting is sometimes broken down, and you just get to see the former player in the color guy. Obviously, the execution wasn't there. Fumbling on the two-yard line in a run-the-clock-out situation is arguably one of the worst things you can possibly do in a football game. When you have it locked up, you can't fumble the ball. CC Herm Edwards. The the better way I think I, I should have phrased that was, was there something... Was there a better way to approach that? Because it was a shotgun snap, it was a, a, you know, a handoff in the gun, and was pretty much immediately met as soon as he had the ball. I would try my best to minimize that kind of damage with an under-the-snap type play, but I guess with a shotgun you, you have that. If you're, under the, if you're under center there, there's not much of a threat of pass, whereas if you're in the shotgun and you're still doing the zone read bit, you can be somewhat, you can somewhat disguise the cover of run. Obviously, the situation is run first, but you're trying to uh, you're trying to get less defenders in the box for this very hard running situation. You might hate me for this take, but I think Don't say what could have been the right thing to do because you're you have no room to move is running towards the back corner of the end zone, taking off some time off the clock, and then going out of the back of it and taking a safety. Because then at least you're not in a situation where you can give up an immediate touchdown. Like, do you see where I'm coming from with that? It's not. It, it, it's almost kind of taking it and and trying to be as conservative as possible and hoping your defense can make the stop. But their defense was great all game. I'm trying. How much was Holy Cross down before that? Were they down six? It was. It would have been um, ten six, and they scored a touchdown on the play, making it thirteen ten. So it would have been it was safety, 10, eight, 10 8 10 8 so your defense yeah but you're still giving was them was so good but you have to give the ball point. back to them if you take a safety though Under, I understand that and but there, I think there's still enough how much time was on the clock then uh I think a minute 45 at That's that point in the game way too much time to be giving up a safety and giving them a chance to drive but they down. they held them to no touchdowns and two still, field goals still still okay you know you see teams find a way to march down for field goals at the end of the game you just fi- they just find a way I just think if <sighs> Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. But if if you were going to end up fumbling like that, you were better off taking a safety. If you couldn't get that exchange cleanly, you might have been better off doing that. So the other game that saves her job, and it also came down to the wire, was UC Davis beating San Diego 38-35. Jake Mayer and Ulanzo Gilliam, as you would have expected, dominated in this game. 359 passing yards for Mayer, 139 rushing yards for Gilliam. Both of them stud players in the FCS. And when I say that this game came down to the final play, it literally came down to Emilio Martinez catching a pass, running for the end zone, as clock was ticking down, and in a very questionable attempt to reach across the end zone, the ball was knocked out of his hand, and I believe it rolled out of bounds. So something like that completely changed the landscape of this game because they were in a position to score and potentially win. It was just an electric final play. 
it, the guts to run it there on a like on a toss sweep to the outside, or I don't oh. think it was a toss sweep. But I think did, I think you might be. Did was he it a run I, play? I, it was a run. I, am I out of my mind? Or the the guts to throw it or, or to get the ball into a player's hands in front of the end zone in a situation like that is and how let I want to run it in and let him run it in. You have to be certain that that guy is going to be untouched. And I'm at the play right now, Joe. Let's see here. It's a play action rolling out into the flat. Yeah. And he gets boomed on literally maybe the half yard line. Fumbles on the reach. Uh, one more time here. Catches and turns it up. I mean, the defender was on him instantly. It's almost like Martinez didn't. Martinez one didn't expect them to be there. I think he might have actually been extending it just because he was worried somebody was going to catch him. It, maybe if he had tucked in in his right hand, kept going to the pylon, he he would have scored. I feel like he was close enough that if he had just protected that thing and and actually tucked the ball like a a ball carrier would normally, instead of trying to get overly aggressive with it, and almost 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 in the sense that he was too excited to try and score in that situation, that he was like, I need to get over, I need to, um, I need I you know I need to get this ball across the line of scrimmage, right. He did get boomed, though. Yeah, he did get he hit. Get, he, was, he got boomed early. If he kept the ball down, maybe he could have pushed his way through. But he, while he was getting hit, he tried to bring the ball up and, and reach over, and that just was not the, the right decision. And right. that ended up costing them. It's a tough loss to it's see. It's a tough loss to see. Especially to a, a rival in the state of California. So now we have, I don't know why the hell it is named this, but the Division One Double A Double Down. I'm not doing it. Okay. I'm not doing it because it doesn't fine, make fine. any sense. Okay. It doesn't make any it sense. It does make sense because the we shocking always do score one. of week two. I'm not doing that. that okay. Makes, this is how, how we're going to do this. Explain it to me how the hell that makes sense. Okay, because shocking the shocking score of week two, uh, it 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 correlates with FCS football, correct? No, it doesn't. The Division One Double A Double Down is the best name that I came up with but for a segment. How does Double A Double Down relate to a surprise score? Well, because we all, both of us pick a score. It's just what we call it. Okay. I, I just, I have That's no like, words. What, the way you're doing it is like, the way that you're doing it is like you're doing a segment on pens. But you call them writing utensils, and that's the name of the segment. Okay, screw the Division One Double A Double Down. It has it, just lasting that, that, power. That that's like going back to it, talking about pens, and you, you, you instead of calling them pens, is like it, it, ink it, transporters. It, not like that. It's it's like the 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 um the utensil used to 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 create the uh you know the, the uh content or I, i'm trying to think of like a really the dumb way to like a very overly a, exaggerated way of describing a pen i can't even think of one because it's i don't not think it's not describing on the, level. the pen it basically it's the staples i'm describing the Whatever, staples that you your, bought the pen give from give me give me your damn <laughs> shocking score of the week okay idiot i mean i i don't want to give the listeners another chance here to decide which one they prefer the shocking score of the week or the Division One Double A Double Down. I can't determine which one they want more. Just give us the just give us the pick. Uh, my pick of <laughs> the shocking score of the week here: Kent State twenty six, Kennesaw State twenty three. Went into overtime. Kennesaw State would have pulled out their first win over an FBS opponent had they won it in overtime or regular time. It was very disappointing to see Kent State come out with that win. 
I don't know if you saw this or not. Do you follow uh, College Football Reddit on Twitter? I do not. Incredible follow if you do not follow them, folks. But there was actually a little bit of a controversy behind this game, especially because uh, Kent State barely beat Kennesaw State. Apparently there was an off-site game being played, or a neutral site game, uh, field hockey game being played oh, yeah. in a field over, and that was game was in overtime, and it had to be called a tie. Oh yeah, I did hear because about that. Because yep. people had to be out of the area for fireworks uh, for safety reasons, and then there were these weak-ass, tiny little you know, squirts into the air that, that didn't really look much like like fireworks. So I, I just I just remember that it kind of made me me question the um you know the the this that situation because it, it did for some reason draw some controversy because they had to shut down a, a field hockey game. I d- yeah I did see that. You did see that? Yep. Uh my pick was that your in- your division one double shut double up. down. Shut up. <laughs> shut the hell up. My pick now my division one double A double down <laughs> was Indiana ranked Indiana State losing to Dayton forty five to thirty five and that was Dayton's first victory over a top twenty five team so props to them for coming out with the big upset in that one. It's nice to see an upset. Yeah, it's I, nice to see it. Yeah. Now Sean, it's our favorite part of the day. <sighs> I actually, I actually like the last part. I might like that more than Fat Stats. What, just because of the name? Yeah. I'm changing the name. <laughs> I'm changing the name. Sean, we're doing Fat Stats right now. What's your Fat Stat? My Fat Stat. Peterson Kierlegrand from Indiana State. <laughs> Seven, there's a lot of consonants. 17 rushes, 194 yards, two tutties. He had... 11.4 yards per carry and also two receptions for 194 uh, for 14 yards. So over 200 yard day for the Sycamore running back. Very good day. Very fat day. Very very fat day for him. Sadly they lost, but my pick I need yeah. to preface this with a major asterisk because he was able to do this against a lower division team in Lindenwood. And I will say though he did produce the quality of performance that you would expect a top All-American type player would against a team like Lindenwood. Yep. But Eric Berrier, 522 passing yards, five touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown to go along with it. That's just too many damn numbers. He almost actually exceeded half of 1,000 yards on his passing total this year. And I, I, I'm, if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure that put, pushed him into the top as the number one guy in passing in FCS after that performance. It was a good day. It was a good day. It was a good day. I mean, I would hope if you're playing Lindenwood, wherever the hell that is, are you going to look up where Lindenwood is? No. You're kind of like looking I'm looking, I'm at, looking at some of the, the comments that you have for the next segment. I, I don't know about them. Okay. I, I have thoughts. Go ahead. This name I do fully endorse is Friscology. And if you don't understand what that means, it's Friscoology giving you the insight on the road map to Frisco, Texas, where the national championship is being played. And we're obviously very early in on this. And the top 25 poll is essentially going to be determining how the outcome of the playoff is going to be and who's going to be playing in it. So like we did last week, we're going to be taking a look at both polls, the first one being the Stats FCS poll. Sean, what are your thoughts on the Stats uh, FCS poll? What stuck out to you? Thank you for letting me go first because I disagree with your second point. 
Too Villanova bad. should be higher than Southeastern Louisiana just because they have won two games and Southeastern Louisiana didn't play last week. So I think 2-0 and should be higher than 1-0. Why do I feel like you said that last week? I'm not, I'm not I, knocking I just you for that. But like this, I, yeah. I, I just think that they keep on. I, I like that they're still in the top 25, but, I mean, they won again in a dominant fashion. So Sean's a big uh, Villanova guy. Um, I'm not, but <laughs> my points were I love seeing that Central Arkansas is gradually starting to work their way up. I think they're going to be a dominant force and a underrated team going forward for the rest of 2019. They're easily going to be a top 10 team at the end of the season. Don't be surprised if they're in the playoff, folks, because Central Arkansas is a very, very good football team. And the other one that Sean apparently disagrees with is I was saying that are we really going to reward Elon, who was not ranked last week, for beating the Citadel yes. and pushing them at the very end of the top 25? Yes. Why? The Citadel is a good team. They're 0-2. They played Elon tough. I just don't think that... I think you need to do a little bit more the than The Citadel beating played Towson tough. The Citadel played Elon tough. They're 0-2 team, though. I gotcha. But they played two very tough CAA teams. And they took them deep into both games. That's that's fair. So the Citadel is well, not some punching bag. All right, fine. Fine. All right, fine. Fine. You want to hear my impression, you? No, I don't want to hear your impression. All right, fine. That's not okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to do my... Uh, never mind, I'm not going to get into no, it. There, so the coach's poll, Sean. Uh, <laughs> what is your point for the coach's poll as he pulls it up now? <laughs> now I'm just making sure I have it. Just... As he She's pulls like, it up oh, now, watch your. Where can I? You Google? watch it. You watch it. No, FCS, I just pull up the link so I can look at it when I'm FCS talking. Yes, coaches pull. One second. Go ahead. <laughs> What's your point? I'm gonna. You know. I'm just making fun of you. Okay, my point. Uh, I I like to see Kennesaw State in the top ten. I think they should be rewarded for fighting hard against a FBS opponent, and they're doing it. Or one on one being twenty. One-on-one. I didn't have any grievances for the coaches poll, but I was looking at the receiving votes column and I was very confused. Delaware State received three votes, which doesn't really make any sense to me. They mm-hmm. I understand they gave Delaware a tough time, but they ended up losing thirty one to thirteen in week one and then in play last week. So how does that really qualify you to be even considered in the top 25 conversation like yeah. what, we're, we're not receiving votes and okay we, okay you're getting personal about it i'm That's not getting wrong. personal no no, no i'm just saying no, though no, we played no. delaware closer than they did yeah, just rhode island played delaware closer than they did into double overtime and rhode island's not receiving any votes okay here's a better thing i don't think delaware state and the citadel should be receiving the same amount of votes i think the citadel should be receiving more okay that's at least fair okay is that fair that's fair that's better than your point yeah yeah, no, it is. No, no, you're not going to make it personal about what we did this weekend, this past weekend. All right, that's going to be it, though, folks, for our recap show from week two. Stay tuned, though, because on Thursday you get to hear the re- sorry, the preview show for week three, and we're going to be breaking down what is coming up, what is to come, and it'll be a, a nice little spin on things, a different direction of doing our FCS talk. Sean, any final points before I do our housekeeping. Nah, just get to the housekeeping. Housekeeping. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and interact with us at Joe DeLeon, at Sean Anderson 65 His name is spelled S-E-A-N if you don't know how to spell Sean and you're not a normal person. Also, make sure you're following Believe Podcasts on Twitter 
at Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V. Make sure you also like and subscribe us wherever you're listening to us, um, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the podcast app. I believe we're on the podcast app. I might have just randomly thrown that one in there. But basically anywhere else you can find a podcast, we are there. Also, iHeartRadio, we are there as well. If you can't find us on there for some reason, you can also find us at Believe.com, spelled B-L-E-A-V.com. That is going to be it for us, folks, and have a wonderful rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.